Hello and welcome to this edition of NFL Friday. I'm Chris Boncher, joined by Kelly Bright. It is week 10 in the NFL as we move along uh, in the season. And the Jets and the Giants, of course, our focus here, two teams, uh, the Jets, Showing absolutely no promise. The Giants, a little bit of promise, a sliver of promise. But before we launch into it, Kelly, how are you doing on this Thursday night as we head into a uh, new week of the NFL? I'm doing well. Um, as far as football goes, not a great week for me as a football fan. Obviously, I'm a huge Brady fan. Just watched him play one of the worst games I've seen him play in 20 years. And I'm also a Patriots fan. And we almost lost to the Jets. It was it was so came down to the last play against the worst football team in the NFL and arguably of the decade. Well, what a great place to start with the Jets uh, involving the Patriots, uh, which is your allegiance. But I also have so many opinions about Tom Brady now playing for the Buccaneers, having a lot of success there. Of course, uh, not this week, but you know, uh, I've I've welcomed his success and it hasn't hurt me at all as a former hater of Tom Brady. I'm more than comfortable seeing him in a new uniform and having success. Uh, on the other hand, the Patriots' success still stings me. Um, a little different this week because this was a Jet team that really uh, winning is only going to hurt their interest right now, whether whether it's Trevor Lawrence or it's not at the top of the draft uh, for the Jets. It matters that they're in the position to make a decision at quarterback uh, when it's all said and done this year. So, a loss is a good thing for the Jets. And yeah, losing to New England does hurt a little bit more than maybe losing to Buffalo or Miami or or really anyone else in the league. But um, my take there is that the Jets, uh, this is a team that needs to lose and keep losing. And, and I'm fairly convinced that that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, as I mean, as they should. Obviously, the best choice they have is to tank for Trevor. And at this point, you know, Jimmy Sullivan, our very own one said, Good teams win, great teams cover. And if the Jets can keep doing that for their fans, covering the spread and not winning, that's all a New York fan can ask for at this point. Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily care if they cover. I mean, I wouldn't, I would not bet on them. I wouldn't tell a friend to bet on them. Uh, and whether they cover or not, sometimes honestly making it close stings a little bit more. I think that's the difference between the Giants and the Jets this year because the Giants only have two wins themselves, but they've kept every game close. And in that sense, it's been uh, more challenging. The Jets, you know, they haven't even showed up to play. They did on Monday night against New England. Um, and when you see that, you, you start to inch a little closer and say, oh, it would maybe be nice to see them pull off a Monday night win against their foes in New England. Um, but at the end, when it all fell apart and they lost, um, I was happy about that. Um, you know, I, the, the the thing is, I, I've really evolved on my position, and you could probably track it um, if you looked back at the tape on NFL Friday. And you saw me probably only two or three weeks ago really opposed to the idea that the Jets were tanking, that they were going to purposely lose. I mean, that that's just something that I, I, I just – I can't wrap my head around that as a strategy in the National Football League. It's something that I understand happens in baseball. Now I'm at a point, Kelly, where I just think just tank, just lose games, and, and I'm, I'm resigned to it. Uh, it is what it is. I'm not happy about it. It's not what I wanted. But here we are, and this is the point we're at. And 
all of a sudden the young Sam Darnold who came into this league at 21 years of age and was supposed to take this Jets franchise very far, um, I'm at a point where I've uh, I've lost hope even in him. And that, that's a sad day for the Jets. My question to you is, is it time to, to say uh, see you later to Sam Darnold? Um, I'd have to say yes. I mean, they had Flacco start in place of him in week nine, and he he threw for, what, 262 yards, three touchdowns. He looked great with um, Perriam and Crowder, a lot better than Sam Darnold has looked all year. And as much as you want to give credit to these young guys who come in and you, you're hopeful that they're going to work out, so you give them a few years to try and work out the kinks, it's it's just been too little too late, and, and I don't see them being able to get anything out of him. And considering the quality of quarterbacks you have in this incoming draft class, I don't see any of them being being any any of them being a worse option than Sam Darnold. So I wouldn't be surprised if if they make the decision to get rid of him going into next year. And I and I think it goes beyond Sam Darnold. I think they have a lot uh, a lot more issues than just him, starting with their head coach. So I think there needs to be a lot of moves in the offseason, and he's just one of them. Absolutely, and and the head coach will will come right away. The only reason that Adam Gase is still there right now is because the team is making a concentrated to lose football games. Otherwise there would be no sense uh, in, in, uh, in keeping him on the sidelines. So Adam Gase goes, what's sad as well is that it most likely means Sam Donald goes and he's a guy who I think could have a lot of success in another, in another place with another franchise. Um, you know, I think he was unfortunately corrupted by this head coach, and I, I do blame Adam Gase in large part. I don't think we ever got a fair look at Sam Darnold. At the same time, you have to pin something on Sam Darnold. You have to be able to rise above the circumstances, and they are in good circumstances. You're talking about a bad head coach and a really bad surrounding cast, a bad defense, a bad culture, a bad everything. doesn't matter. You still got to show that you can throw the football and prove your worth in New York. And the truth is that we can say now nine games – into the uh, 2020 season that he hasn't done that. He hasn't even come close to do that, doing that. I haven't had a good thing to say about him this year. So that's the reality um, of the Jets situation. I don't know what more needs to be said. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he comes in. My big, my big thing is that what is going to be his supporting cast? Does he walk into the door and have a broken jet culture that hasn't recovered from the fact that this was a team that did make an effort to lose games this season? Does he walk into uh, this place and does he have the supporting cast? Does he have the offensive line? Does he have the receiving court? That's a Joe Douglas question. And we don't really know the answer to the Joe Douglas question. Is he the guy to lead the jet franchise out of this darkness? No, I agree. And Sam Darnold, you look at his stats and he's last in yards, total yards. He's last in total touchdowns. Um, he's almost last in QBR rating. So you you take a, there's a bunch of teams in this league right now who also don't have supporting cast. There's a bunch of quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, who also have a banged up O-line. They also don't have great receivers. They don't have much of a running game. Look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came in. He's a rookie. He's on the Bengals for crying out loud. And he's, <laughs> he's having a record-breaking season as a rookie. He's still making plays. I think he's, I think he's thrown 330 pass attempts this year. That's, that's miles beyond the amount of pass attempts of any other quarterback. And he's, he's has a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for them, that he's giving them something to work with. Same with Justin Herbert, any of the other young QBs. 
um, you know, they're giving their teams hope. You can see some talent, some hope, um, something to hold on to. But Sam Darnold just just really hasn't given the Jets anything. But he had a few a few promising games last year, but this season this season there hasn't been much to hold on to. I hear you, uh, and you're right. And I was the the victim of just giving him too much of a chance, ta- too much of a chance, because I, I wanted to hold on. I didn't want to to uh, have to detent from someone that I really thought could rescue this franchise because one thing that I always said was he wasn't a Mark Sanchez type prospect who we pretty much knew even with his success um, had some serious shortfalls in the talent department that was never the case with Sam Darnold he wasn't a Geno Smith so it, it really is a shame but it seems like we're at the day of uh, saying farewell uh, to him at the end of this season I you know I don't know really that there's a place for him I don't know that there's a place for him in the event that Trevor Lawrence comes in. I don't know how you square that. But let's go to the New York Giants because the New York Giants uh, at least present a little bit more light here. There's a little bit more something with the New York Giants um, to suggest some sort of optimism because they do get a good win against the Washington football team led by Daniel Jones, who just for the second time in his career goes throughout a game without turning the ball over. So that, that's a good sign for him. Remember, this is a team that is doing it all without their best player, Saquon Barkley. Um, not that they're doing a lot, but they are two and seven. And I never thought I'd say these words, but they are in striking distance of this division. They are seriously a contender for the NFC East. Yeah, this weekend against the Eagles is is remarkably for the top seat, of the, the top spot of the division, which makes no sense when you look at the two teams' records. But I guess that's the NFC East this year, and. And you're right, Daniel Jones, you know, his first turnover-free game this, you know, in a while, and it's against the Washington football team, though. And that's something to keep in perspective. They they should have won this game. They were supposed to win this right. game. And and so it is good for them. It's and there are there has been improvements. One one part of their game which I've been pretty impressed with is their O line, which started off terrible and and it's it's looked a lot better since. You know, they they rank eleventh in pass blocking efficiency, you know, which that was their highest week, weekly rank of the season. They have a lot of young guys who are starting to step up. You know, first-year left tackle Andrew Thomas, he's looked good. He's shown a lot of improvement. Um, he's only given up one sack in four games, and he started out the year kind of shaky. So they do have something going for them. I think they are improving as the season goes on. But at the same time, I wouldn't get too overconfident over this one win. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's sort of the story in Philadelphia – has also been just a hot mess. Everybody in the division, if they can beat Philadelphia though, it would show, you know, a lot more than the, than them beating Washington, but this is a a team that's been in games. Um, I hate to do this, but I had one more point on the jets that I can't help, but to come back to, if you don't mind indulging me, because I had planned to, 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 to look at this as I think we're at this point. Um, And then we'll, and then we'll shift back to the giants. But just looking at their schedule, because this is really relevant now at 0-9, if they are in full tank mode, which they are. By the way, they go to the the bye this week. Uh, Then you're looking at seven more games. And, you know, if you're going to win one of those games, you've all of a sudden jeopardized Trevor Lawrence. You've all of a sudden jeopardized the number one pick because Jacksonville also has one win. It's very possible that Jacksonville does not win another game. Then you're in the tiebreaker territory. Now, if the Jets pull a miracle and they win two games, 
then they very well may not get the first overall pick. So let's look at his schedule because I think it's relevant. Week 11 after the bye, they play Los Angeles. That is a winnable game. That's a game that they could win. And that's what makes it so important that they did lose to New England. Then it's Miami. They shouldn't really beat Miami. I'd be surprised. Tua Togabaloa looks good there. Miami looks good there. Um, Then Las Vegas, that would be tough. Then they go into Seattle. That's laughable. Then they go into Los Angeles to play the Rams. That would be virtually impossible. Then Cleveland, that would also be very difficult. And then finally, Week 17, Kelly, they face your Patriots. And, you know, I almost have this feeling that that could be the one that dooms the Jets, where they may be one game away from getting the potential franchise turning around quarterback. Uh, but instead, it's the New England Patriots who haunt them like they always have. And that's the one team that the Jets find a way to beat, as ironic as that would be. There's some scenario playing out in my head right now that the Jets get their second win against New England. Maybe they beat Los Angeles out of the bye. But I'm not so confident. This is a schedule that has a few teams that the Jets could beat. And I know the whole conversation is sort of reversed here. We're talking about winning games as a bad thing, but that really is the case here. Yeah, it's it's a double double sided nightmare for both of us if that game ends the way <laughs> it could end. You know, with right. the Patriots losing and the Jets winning, even after that game, the game that we just had on Monday night, it, it just wasn't pretty. And the Patriots, they don't have much going for them. You, I guess, to give you hope and to give myself a little positivity, we are without. Our Patriots are without Nikhil Harry. They are without Julian Edelman. Both receivers are. They should be back by that late part of the season. They're they're only temporarily injured. So hopefully they have more of a receiving core back. you got to pray and hope that Cam Newton figures it out before then. Um, hopefully they get some other Q, a few Q, key pieces. They don't have any tight ends. Their, their running game has improved a little bit, especially Damian Harris stepping up. So hopefully the Patriots find a way to maybe come out on top in that situation. But you also got to say it's, it's, it's Adam Gase and – he is the right man for the job in terms of losing. And, yeah. and I, I, I don't see the page. I don't see if you have Bill Belichick and you have Adam Gase. I don't see Bill Belichick getting into a close game that comes down to the wire again with an Adam Gase led team. Well, yeah, I mean, it just happened. So I guess that's, that's the one piece of evidence to support that it could happen again, but it opens up an interesting question about what happens after the season, which, you know, it's, it's frustrating that we're talking about, after the season already in week 11, but that's the reality of the Jets. It's most likely the reality of the Giants, but it's also sort of a reality for a Patriots team that for the first time um, doesn't look like they're on track to be a playoff team. Could it happen? Yes. But in that event, the Patriots also have a quarterback question. And I'm curious your perspective on that because Cam Newton uh, has looked really up and down, hasn't asserted himself as Tom Brady's successor, or the Patriots in the market for a quarterback? There, there are a couple names out there. Dak Prescott will be a free agent. I don't know, you know, that he leaves Dallas, but New England has an open question at quarterback as well. Yeah, they do, and and it's even going into the season before um, the Patriots added Cam Newton, which was a godsend at that point because um, we were you're gearing up to have Jared Stidham as our quarterback. Right. And there are a lot of people who assume that after this season, Cam Newton will move on, either find a different team or even if, let's say no teams pick him up, he'll just be off the Patriots. And then we would go to Jared Stidham. But I don't know if that's the best option. I mean, he's 
he looks the part. He's what six three. He's tall, and but he hasn't done much. He he has been pretty unimpressive. And the fact that the Patriots turned to Brian Hoyer ahead of Sidham when Newton was off on that COVID nineteen list for a few weeks that doesn't say much to me about their confidence in Sidham. And there's a few other. There's going to be a few quarterbacks who are on the market, especially after this draft class. A lot of teams are going to be going after these young quarterbacks: Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And there's, there should be more quarterbacks available. You know, Sam Darnold, we just talked about. He could be an option. Right. Gardner Mishu off the Jags. You know, Dwayne Haskins possibly off the, off Washington. So, and like you said, you just said Dak Prescott. That would be the best case scenario, I think, for the Patriots <laughs> situation. And then, of course, I think one of the biggest options would be Jimmy Garoppolo, who he still has, I believe, a year or two left on his contract with the 49ers. But they, he doesn't seem like he belongs there. I don't think they want him there. And I could see Patriots are going to have a lot of cap space going into next season. And I could see them um, being willing to pay off whatever he's whatever he's due to bring back Garoppolo. He already knows the system. He hasn't looked great in in San Francisco, but you got to remember he brought his team to a Super Bowl, so he 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 wouldn't be a bad option. And he's been banged up. He's had some tough injuries. He would he would fit really nicely into the New England system. Of course, he already did. And there was no question that he was the heir apparent to Tom Brady. That's why Bill Belichick brought him in. And uh, the reporting there is that it wasn't Belichick's move to get him out. It was more of perhaps pressure from Brady, perhaps pressure from from Bob Kraft. But in any case, you, you could say that nobody has a better eye for quarterbacks than Bill Belichick. And he found not one but two uh, quarterbacks in the rounds in in rounds after the first, of course, Brady in the sixth round, Garoppolo in the second round, now having a lot of success in San Francisco, but of course injured. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the Patriots will find their way. It'd just be weird to see them not in the dance uh, when 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 we reach the winner this year. But it looks to be the reality as we approach Thanksgiving. I mean, what's your hope? Do you think the Patriots can turn it around? Not that this is a Pat's podcast but <laughs> certainly our listeners are interested in the Patriots bunch of Jet fans yeah I, oh I, I totally get it trust me but I mean the Patriots for the first time in, in honestly almost 20 years they have to rely on their run game and I think that's their only shot of turning it around you know Damien Harris has looked good Rex Burkhead has been strong in the backfield and Harris, he went out in the last game, I think in the fourth quarter with a chest injury or something like that. Sony Michelle might be coming back off the IR soon. So they're, they're going to have to rely on that. And I think Newton needs to use his, his feet more. His, his arm isn't working. So might as well use what we got him for. And that's, and that's his mobility and his ability to create things with his feet and his athleticism. So Newton needs to step it up. And I think the biggest holes for the Patriots right now, are their offensive weapons? They have no receivers. They have no tight ends, and they lost so many of their def- of their strongest defenders because of things like COVID. You know, injuries, opting out, a lot of things they can't control. So I don't think I'm not too worried that this is the end of the Patriots ever making it to the playoffs again. If they're about to go into this deep depression, but uh, they're just missing a few pieces, and and I I don't see them. I don't honestly. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I don't, I'm not too confident in them making the playoffs, but I don't think all hope is lost for the Patriots fans out there. I, I do think within the next few years, this is, I mean, this is a rebuilding year. Say, call it what you want. It's a rebuilding year. And I think this is just part of the rebuilding process. And, and I, as they just need a few more pieces to fill in the puzzle. And perhaps their hope is that 
only if the NFL decides to expand the playoffs, which has been floated as an idea based on the fact that some teams won't play the full 16 games. Perhaps that's their way in. But in any case, they are three and five and behind a five and three Miami team behind a seven and two Buffalo team. So that's sort of the story. Um, let's launch into our pick them and, and get right there. And I think it's perfect because we have the Eagles and Giants right at the top here. And that's a game that we can we can certainly go into. But let's start on Thursday night football tonight. Colts, Titans, very interesting matchup here. A Titans team that has impressed me. Uh, a Colts team that's also sort of surprised me. This line is Indianapolis uh, minus one, uh, 820 tonight. You know, this, this is tough for me, but I I, I really like Tennessee and, and, I, and I'm going to roll with Tennessee at home here. I'm going to roll with the Colts. You know, they, they have impressed me. They have surprised me, surprised me. Their defense has been dominant. I'm, you know, they've got uh, Darius Leonard, Julian Blackman, obviously DeForest Buckner. They just have such a strong defense. They're only allowing 1.25 passing touchdowns per game. They haven't played a great quarterback yet. This is probably going to be their toughest challenge, but but uh, the, the Titans rely on their run game anyway, so I, I'm going to give it to the Colts. So you take the Colts. I have uh, Tennessee on Thursday Night Football, a, a, an AFC South matchup. Eagles and Giants, NFC East in MetLife. And this is the biggest game of the year so far for the Giants. They get a chance uh, to knock off uh, the Eagles, who are in first place in this division, somehow at 3 4 and one, uh, Philadelphia has sort of gotten things together. They're really bad after the bye is sort of an interesting point on them. So perhaps they come out flat-footed. Uh, you know, I was always a big fan of Doug Peterson, but this is not a team that he's got any control over. I think the Giants find a way to string together a second win and make, make that division at least a little interesting for us. And, you know, honestly, I'm rooting for them. The Giants' last five games have all been decided by three points or less, and I expect this game to be no different. But we're going to be 0-2 because I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. The Eagles, they were injured for so long, and I think that explains their 3-4-1 and record. I think it should be a little bit higher than that. You know, four-fifths of their, four of their starting O-line were they missed nine combined games. You know, Zach Ertz missed some time. Dallas Goddard missed some time. Miles Sanders. And now you're getting all those key pieces back. And as sad as this is, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is arguably the best quarterback in the NFC East. As hey, sad as that is. is. And, and, I'm, and if you're looking at Daniel Jones versus Carson Wentz, I'm going to pick Carson Wentz every time. Great. The next one is Houston at Cleveland. And... This is a Cleveland team that just comes off a bad loss against Las Vegas. Every time you think they're getting their their act together, which it seemed like earlier in the year, then they had that big loss to Pittsburgh. Um, then they they beat Cincinnati by the skin of their teeth. That's a little concerning. Then a bad loss to Las Vegas. So they're disappointing. Houston, on the other hand, another team in the AFC that has just really, uh, you know, they've even been more disappointing. They're 2-6 and six right now, and they just eke out a win against Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I sort of have an idea that this could be a statement game for Cleveland, who I've always been a believer in. Uh, perhaps I shouldn't be because they do often disappoint. But here, I, I think they, they beat Houston with the interim head coach, and everything's a mess in Houston. I think they win at home, Cleveland. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, 
You possibly might get Nick Chubb back this week, which would be huge for the Browns. He went out in week four. Him with Kareem Hunt on the ground, I think that's going to be hard to beat. Even though they're missing OBJ, Jarvis Landry has been stepping up, which is good to see. Miles Garrett on defense, I think he's going to put pressure on Deshaun Watson. And they might not have, the Texans might not have David Johnson. I think he's questionable. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns, and I think this could be a turning point for them. And we'll see if they're competitive uh, for a wildcard spot. Of course, Pittsburgh has that division pretty much on lock right now. In the NFC, the two bad teams, Washington goes to Detroit. Um, of course, Washington off of the bad loss to the Giants that became close at the end. And a Detroit team... This one is a little bit tough for me. I, I, I think maybe Washington bounces back somehow, and, and I think they go into Detroit and they get a third win. I, you know what? The more wins that we can get, pump into the uh, the NFC East, the more competitive that division can get. So I'm going to try to will this one into existence and, and take the Washington football team. I'm going to agree with you. I, I love a good story. And for Alex Smith to go in there and get yeah. his first official start since being injured and get a win would just be awesome. And but, and I don't think he's going to have to do that much if, if Washington can use their run game. The Lions gave up 202 yards and two touchdowns to Dalvin Cook last week. So their run defense isn't great. So I, I'm hoping for the best for, for, the, for the Washington football team. So the next one I think we can be brief with, it's Jacksonville in Green Bay. Hey, um, we don't have to say too much here. The one in seven Jaguars will, will most likely be embarrassed at Lambeau Field. Oh, yeah. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best receivers. It's, it's not going to be close. Green Bay all the way. Buccaneers at Panthers. Bucks coming off of a tough loss. They're five and a half point favorites in uh, Carolina, who, you know, I actually thought Carolina was going to be worse than they are. They're three and six. Um, but this is this feels like a game where Tom Brady gets back on track and yes it is the Tom Brady led Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, goes into Carolina and I think he beats this Panthers team. Yeah I agree Tom Brady is not someone who's going to get embarrassed twice in a row. I do think the Panthers like you said I do think the Panthers are looking better again McCaffrey might not be back he was questionable that's huge for them since McCaffrey is pretty much their offense but like you said I, I don't see Tom Brady losing twice in a row like that. Denver in uh, Las Vegas. This is the one of the four o'clock slot games. Uh, you know, Drew Locke. I, I am not a believer. I'm not a believer in the Denver way here. I, I think they're a team that probably needs to be on the market for a quarterback again. They lose to Atlanta last week. Vegas, of course, um, has picked up a couple wins now against Cleveland and the Chargers. So I'm going to say let's roll with Vegas. They moved to 6-3, and three and they're certainly competitors uh, in the AFC. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give this to the Raiders. You know, they've just had big wins against Kansas City. New Orleans are great against good teams, and, and the Broncos are not a good team. So I can't imagine the Raiders will struggle too much. So I, I'm, a, I'm going to go with you and Las Vegas. Yeah, and, and let me say, John Gruden just – I'm a believer in him. He, he, I wasn't so sure when, when this team gave him the 10-year deal. Now they're in Las Vegas, but, but he looks uh, like he's got a good, good pulse of that locker room. Dolphins and Chargers, this one's in Miami. Um, this is a Dolphins team that I've been pretty high on this year, and I'm going to continue to be high on them. They're only two-point favorites against the 2-6 and six Chargers team, so Vegas telling us that this 
might be closer than the records would indicate, but Tua has impressed me. Um, of course, with the big win against Arizona, I, uh, you know, I, I think this is a Dolphins team that could be real contenders, um, against Buffalo, especially if Buffalo falls to the Cardinals, um, who the Dolphins just beat. So I'm keeping my eye on these Dolphins and I, and I think they beat the Chargers this week. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. I think he looks good, looks good as a rookie. He's had a consistent and elite passing, which is the best you can ask for for your rookie quarterback. But his team can't finish a game. I mean, they've blown four double-digit leads. They lost the last two games on the final play. And like you said, the Dolphins are coming into the, you know, they're, the Dolphins are coming to their own at the right time. And and Tua looks great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with the Dolphins. Buffalo against Arizona. This one might be the game of the week. I mean, certainly a lot of attention here. Buffalo off of the big home win against Seattle. Um, prior to that, they beat the, the Pats and the Jets. So they, they've gotten a little bit of a string here. Um, especially after they didn't look very good against the Jets. They didn't look very good against New England, but then they beat, of course, a team that I would call the best in the league. Certainly one of the best teams. So, it, it plays very interestingly because just mentioned Miami and Arizona last week. I think Arizona has a lot to prove here coming back from that. And they had a big win against Seattle themselves. So this is really the game I have circled this week. I think Arizona wins this thing by a field goal or less. And I think the Bills win this by a field goal or less. I, I think it is going to be the best game of the week. you got a great young quarterback battle and Kyler Murray's look great, but I think Josh Allen has actually looked better, even if the stats might not reflect that. I, I've been impressed with Josh Allen, and he's he's got, they've got a they've got a well-rounded team. You know, two good running backs, three good receivers. They've got a great secondary, and they're top five in the league in different formations. They love to move guys around, use different motions, and and I I can see them getting creative and coming out on top over the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, impressive at every turn of his young career. Uh, led by Cliff Kingsbury there. Seattle in Los Angeles. This is another very interesting game. Now we go to the NFC West, or, uh, you know, we just talked about the Cardinals. This is, of course, the most stacked division in football. And the 6-2 and two Seahawks have some work to do here. They have to fend off a Rams team that is threatening to take over this division with a victory. Um, and I think Seattle does it. I just think this team is way too good. I called them the best team in football not too long ago. Even though you have the 8-0 Steelers in football, I still there's no one that I want to play less than the Seattle Seahawks, even if they've had a couple losses here. I think that they reassert their dominance in that division and beat the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm going to I'm gonna disagree. I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay. I'm going to go with the underdogs. You know, they're, the Rams' defense has looked great, and the Seahawks' defense looks terrible. So, And I'm a big believer that defense can make a difference. You know, yes, you got Russell Wilson. I think he could hands down be the MVP this year. But he's kind of carrying the team. There's not no not much on the defensive side that's been helping him. They've allowed over 23 points in every game. They, they gave up 44 last week to the Bills. So I think the Rams come out on top, you know. Uh, Jared, you know, Jared Goff, hopefully he gets the ball out quickly and they'll control the clock. And I think the Rams defense is going to put the pressure on Russell Wilson. You know, they've got Aaron Donald, who's, who's always a beast. So I'm going to give it to the Rams. If you can believe it, the odds makers are, are on your side here. They have the Rams as one and a half point favorites right now. Um, which is a little bit shocking to, to see the odds favor the Los Angeles Rams when the Seahawks, to me, they just feel poised for a bounce back. Niners and Saints, uh, this one, I, you know, I think before the year we would have said 
very interesting NFC matchup here between, you know, the uh, the former champions of the NFC and the Saints. But the Saints right now might be the the, the team next to the Seahawks' best position. All set and done. And this is a Niners team that is just so banged up at quarterback, at running back, on defense, everywhere. So I just don't see a way where they can beat New Orleans. Yeah, I saw a stat on Twitter the other day that said over $80 million worth of cash space for the 49ers is on injury reserve right now. Oh. And it's it's heartbreaking, but what are you going to do? And and the Saints, like you said, I they look as they're easily top four teams in the league, and, and I think it's going to be this is going to be an easy one for them to blow out for the Saints. Bengals at Steelers. Uh, it's a Bengals team that I, I do get excited to watch because of Joe Burrow, and, and and I am really excited to see what his career brings ahead. But of course, they're just not there yet. They're two five and one, and they're playing the eight zero Steelers. The Steelers, to me, will roll to nine and zero. Eventually, they'll be beaten this year because they're not perfect. But Big Ben is managing this offense, and they are just trucking along through the AFC. So they're going to beat the Bengals pretty good this week. I'd have to say. Yeah, I agree. The Steelers improved to nine and zero. I mean, I do think they're going to lose a game eventually, but it's not this one. I mean, Burrow looks great, like you said, he looks promising. I talked about him earlier in the show, but but their defense is going through growing pains. They're young, they're inexperienced, and the Steelers are one of the most complete teams in football, and, and they're not going to lose this one. Baltimore and New England, another game that once had a lot of uh, a lot of anticipation to it, but not the same Patriots team. That's something that I say with joy uh, and and you, uh, of course, to your chagrin. But that's just the story here. The Ravens going to New England in the past, going to Foxborough, would have been such a tough task. But uh, in this case, they're seven-point favorites, and I'm pretty sure they'll uh, they'll win this game uh, and move to 7-2. and two. Last season, when the Patriots played the Ravens, they were 8-0. Just to, mm. just to put it in perspective, and yeah. and I'm going to regret doing this, and I'm going to hate myself for it later, but I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this one. They're just such an elite defense. They're holding teams to a league low, 17.8 points per game, and the Patriots just aren't scoring. They have no offense, and as heartbreaking as it is, I the Ravens are going to win this one. Uh, well, I don't think you'll regret it because you're going to end up being right on that. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Football, finally, Vikings and Bears – Interesting here, the Bears, of course, after their hot start, coming down to earth a little bit. The Vikings, to me, a team, I've said this really all year, are better than their record reflects at 3-5. and five. I think Minnesota finds a way to go into Chicago and beat this Bears team. I just think they're better, even though the records don't indicate it. Uh, that's what I see happening on Monday Night Football. Got a little bit of an upset there. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I think the Bears are starting. They kind of got complacent after those first five or six games. And and the Vikings have looked good. Kirk Cousins played the best game of his season last week. Two inch, 20 yards, three touchdowns, no turnover, no turnovers. Like I said earlier, Dalvin Cook was, he went off, you know, 206 yards, two scores. And, and I think they continue. They, they lead the NFL in rushing yards and touchdowns. So I think their record doesn't exactly show what, what they have in the tank. And I, I think the Vikings come out on top here. All right, so that's our show. Week 10 of NFL Friday. The Jets are on a bye, so they get a break. We don't have to watch them lose this week, along with the Chiefs, Cowboys, and Falcons also on a bye. 
But more importantly, the Jets, we can uh, take a break from them. But a lot of intrigue with the Giants playing Philadelphia for a division that's very much open. And we thank you for joining us. For Kelly Bright, I'm Chris Boncha. This is Week 10 of NFL Friday, and we hope to see you next time.